Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Sue B and You podcast. And we've only got one more episode to go until we get to 100. I'm glad that we've been able to keep this thing going for so long. So thank you all so much for listening, for sharing, and for supporting the podcast. I appreciate my sponsors and patrons and for those who have purchased decals. Every bit of that support goes directly to the podcast and helps with the operating costs for keeping this thing going. So I really appreciate it very, very much. So thank you all. And now, as you may have seen, there's another way to help support the podcast, but also a really great way to ref the podcast. That is with Subi and You Podcast merchandise. The merch store is now active and live, and a few people have bought things. There's been a hoodie, I believe a couple of beanies, and uh, I actually got some stuff that I'm waiting to come in for myself so I can help my own podcast. But if you're looking to keep yourselves warm this winter, both your head and your body, you can go to subianupodcast.com, check out the merch store, and check out the beanies and hoodies that are available. Everybody out there is like an advertisement for the Subi and You podcast when you wear either a hoodie or a beanie or even a shirt. There's even some hats, too. I've got some dad hats and some trucker hats as well. So support your favorite podcast and help rep the show and get the word out there even more. So it's a cool conversation piece when you're out in an event or out on some trails. So I appreciate all the support. Thank you. On this episode of the podcast, we have David, who goes by the OGXV. He's uh, first. He's got a first-gen Crosstrek, so we get to hear about his story and some of his mods, as well as some of the adventures he's been on. And he has a lot of really uh, cool DIY mods that he has done, so we'll get into that as well. But we'll get into his conversation here in just a little bit. As we all know, the holidays are coming up, and if you are in the market for a new set of wheels, it's the perfect time to get a set, and Rika can help you out with that. Rika makes some great wheels both in colors and styles to help complement your Subaru, but also to give you the off-road performance that you desire and need out of an off-road wheel. Rika is committed to providing you with the highest quality specialized wheels and lift kits that will allow you to travel further, experience new adventures, and discover those extraordinary destinations. Rika wants to make sure that you are ready for anything wherever your adventure takes you. Their flow form process creates both lightweight and durable wheels, which are of the highest quality and are built to satisfy the requirements of all of you adventure enthusiasts. Ryko Lift Kits raise your Subaru to protect the vehicle's underbody from damage while off-roading. The lift kits were also designed to increase the vehicle ride height in order to accommodate larger tires while maintaining the factory ride quality and alignment. The quest for adventure begins with you, and Ryka is what gets you there. Use the code SUBIU10 at checkout to get 10% off of a set of wheels or lift kit. You can also go check out episode 48 of the Subi and You podcast because they were a guest and learn more about Rika and what they are doing as a brand and for the community. Thank you so much, Rika VS, for sponsoring the Subi and You podcast. As we approach the 100th episode, if you would like, maybe think of some of your favorite moments or some of your favorite episodes or parts of episodes 
that you listened to that you really enjoyed and send me an email and let me know you can send an email to podcast at gmail.com. And as I go into the episodes beyond 100, I can start compiling those and I will read those off on some of the upcoming episodes once we get past 100, which is next Monday. Can't believe we got there. It's uh, not that I didn't think that we would, but it seems like I just started this thing. But also at the same time, it seems like it's been going on for a while. There has been a lot of really great things that have come from doing this podcast. I've met some amazing people out there in the community. I've had some amazing guests on the podcast. And speaking of the guests that I've had on the podcast, if you are listening to this and you were a previous guest, feel free to share your episode again because I'm sure since you were on, especially if you were on a long time ago and you've gained quite a few more followers, maybe they don't know that you were on the podcast So share it in your stories and see if you can get some more people to check it out. Not only are we getting close to episode 100, but we're also getting close to this podcast being around for two years. In January, it will have been two years. So we'll be going into the third year. So I'm going to try to think of uh, some things that I can do maybe a little bit different or some things to add and uh, keep this thing interesting and uh, I know not that it's not interesting but it's always good to do something different. There are still plenty of guests out there to have on the podcast so there's no worry there for a shortage of episodes even though I've gotten to 100. So keep listening, keep sharing, please consider supporting the podcast because it really does help to keep this thing going and if you listen on apple podcast you can write a review which really also helps the podcast it helps it move up in the rankings and i will read your review on the podcast so but for now we're going to go ahead and get into this episode with david the og xv Welcome to the Subi and You podcast. I have David here who goes by the OGXV, which is really cool. So thank you so much Thanks. for joining me. Oh, thank you, Ralph. It's a, it's a pleasure to be here. Um, I've been looking forward to this for a long time and thank you for having me on. Yeah, you're welcome. I know it's been a long time since we've been talking and talked about getting you on the podcast, which seems to be the case with a lot of people because there's been quite a list that I've put together and you know it's a combination of me reaching out to people and asking them if they would want to be on and then people reaching out to me and asking what they need to do to get on so I'm very very thankful for the list and you know I feel bad that people have to wait but I know it's also when you finally get on it just means you have more stories to tell. Yeah. And in turn, it worked out really well because I remember reaching out to you. Um, I, I don't even remember when it was, but I remember reaching out to you and being like, hey, I love your love your show. I think you're doing a great job. I like your car and your build and what you're doing with it. But then it wasn't until like months later when I had the epiphany, I'm just like, well, what if I could share about my stories and my mods and, you know, oh, I'm listening to all these other people, but what if I was able to talk to them and, you know, get connected with more people? Um, but so it didn't happen until much later when I was like, Hey, 
could you add me to your list? Like, I remember asking you, I'm like, hey, I don't know where I would be on the list, but if you could add me, that'd be cool. If not, that's fine, too. I get it. <laughs> yeah, well, I did, and here we are. Here we are. Yep. Well, I I mean, I already introduced you as David and, you know, the OGXV, but I guess tell us a little bit about you and what part of the country you live in. Okay. Um, yeah, my name is Dave. Um, I drive a 2013 Crosstrek. I live in Southwest Florida. Um, most people, most people don't know where I'm from. I'm from a city called Fort Myers or where I currently live anyways. Um, but it's about maybe two hours South of Tampa on the West coast. Um, so if anyone's familiar with hurricane Ian the big storm that just came by, we were right in the middle of it. So there you go. Did you get hit pretty bad? Uh, we, me personally in my house, not really. I think we lost our mailbox. Oh. Um, <laughs> however, <laughs> but there were like our neighbors, like part of their roof flew off. Oh um, man. My buddy's truck, my buddy's truck got totaled from a fence blowing into it. Um, like Fort Myers pier is just completely gone. And the beach is like in disarray right now, but give it a couple years and a couple billion dollars. This place will be booming and tourism will be at an all time high again. Yeah. That's like here. Cause in Houston, we have to worry about hurricanes also. And same with Galveston. Galveston got hit pretty hard by uh, Harvey a few years ago. And yeah. I mean, that was, that was really, really bad. And even out here where I live, we had, we experienced like the, you know, 500 year floods and it was, Ugh. uh, it was pretty bad. We had some neighborhoods that flooded that, People weren't expecting it, but it also, a lot of it had to do with not just how bad it was raining and all the weather, but they opened up some floodgates and that was not good. People were not happy about yeah, that. Yeah, I believe it. Thank, yeah, thankfully, we didn't we didn't deal with, well, I would say I didn't deal with flooding much on this one, but we were here for uh, Hurricane Irma, which was a couple of years ago, which was like a once in a, like a hundred year storm. And the flooding from that was bad. It was really bad, like like, I remember where I was living at the time. I couldn't even drive through the street. Like, I remember going there days after the storm. And there was somebody taking a boat down my street. That's how much <laughs> water there was. Yeah, that's that's just crazy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, speaking of your cross trek, uh, where did you come up with the name, the OGXV? So, that is not the name of the cross trek. That is just the name of the account. Um, I had... I had toyed around with the idea of naming it a lot, which is strange because I have named previous vehicles. Um, okay. I used to have a, a Ford Range. I used to have a Ford Ranger as a pickup, and I named it Tuck. So I'd just say Tuck the truck. So we'd be like, "Hey, I'm going to the movies. I'm bringing Tuck. I'll see you guys later." Um, but yeah, so I didn't. I didn't label this one, but the OGXV um, is the account because since it's a 2013. Subaru developed the Crosstrek in 2012, but it wasn't released until into the United States and the Canadian market until 2013. Yeah, I remember and that. And then a couple of years later, I want, I want to say, yeah, I want to say around like 2016, maybe. I might be wrong on that. Um, they dropped off the XV and it's what you drive, which is just the Crosstrek. Yeah, I remember looking at the Crosstrek back when I was researching one and saw that they had dropped the XV, but they still have the XV overseas. It's just not here. And that was in 2016. So you're right about that. Yep. Um, however, I did, 
I was I was reading something something the other day that in 2023 um, worldwide it'll just be labeled as the cross track. So even international markets are also going to drop the XV. Okay. Yeah. So. Yeah, it is the OG. I mean, I remember, I know I've said it many times on the podcast, but the first one I saw was an orange one back in 2013. It was just like, what is this? Mm-hmm. And I, <laughs> I still have so much love for the first for the first gen, although the second gen having one has really grown on me. But I mean, they're both just, they're both great cars. Yeah, um, I definitely, you know, as, the more you talk to me, you'll probably realize that I kind of lean more towards love for the first gens now don't get me wrong there are some builds that are in the second gens that i absolutely love but the first gen it just stole my heart like the way that it's designed the edges and the contours of the body the you know the trim the it's very edgy it's kind of bold and in the respect that back in i feel like back in that time when they were coming out cars didn't really look like that or not, and there weren't many crossovers at, at that time either. So, same like you when you saw the orange one. When I saw one, I was just like, "What is that? I must. I I love this. I just want to know more about you." <laughs> yeah, I agree because I remember when I first saw them too. I was like, "This doesn't look like anything else I've ever seen," and it just had such a unique look. And that was one of the things that I really loved about it because it stood out from everything else. It looked so different, and it was like. This thing is just so cool. And I love the back end of it. Like the back end is like what I really, really liked about the first gen cross trek. The the taillights, the shape of the hatch, everything. I was just like, this car is just amazing. So when when I saw the second gen, I was almost disappointed because I was like, oh, they changed it up so much. I missed like I really liked the taillights of the first gen. But then Looking at the taillights of the second gen now, I'm like, oh, they look so good. But both of them are, to me, I wouldn't, I'd say they're pretty equal for me as far as like, because they each have their own individual qualities that make them great, you know? Yeah, absolutely. I completely agree. Everything from the taillights to the fat ass that it has on it and just everything about it. I just love it. Now, is this your first Subaru? This is my first Subaru. It's obviously not my first car, but it is my first Subaru. Okay. What was it that influenced you to buy a Subaru? And then I think I, I, mean, I think I know why the Crosstrek, you kind of explained that because of the way it looked and you were like, I have to have this car. But I mean, guess what, what drew you to Subaru? So I have a friend who's a really good friend of mine still. And at the time he had a Subaru Crosstrek. Um, I don't know if it was a 13, I think it might've been a 14. Um, but he did a lot of what we see on the builds now. So he lifted it, he put on smaller rims, big beefy tires and, you know, put on a, a roof rack and we took that thing everywhere. So in difference of what I do now, um, back then we used to work on the whitewater rivers up in the Northeast. So I would do, I was a whitewater rafting guide. And he would whitewater kayak. So we took that and went on these big road trips and we would put gear in it. We would throw boats on the top of it and we would take it off roading. Like we had to, to get near the rivers and, you know, going in and going out, and it would get muddy. and It was awesome. And we took it everywhere. And it was great. And I was like, man, 
this is my dream car. And you know, years later, after he had sold it and gotten rid of his, then I decided, I was like, you know what? I need a new car now. I've always wanted this. I'm going to buy this. So that's how I kind of decided on the Subaru. And then all the other aspects, you know, like the safety ratings are great. It holds its value really well. You know, there was a whole bunch of other features that I loved that influenced my decision to buy Subaru. Yeah. Now, when you bought yours, were you looking for like the black or the, you know, the darker color or did you have several colors in mind? Oh, gosh, no, I actually um, now no hate on black Subarus or, or black vehicles. They're fine. Dandy. I, I really love some of them. Um, I didn't want black. Um, technically, I didn't want white either, but actually, um, I was looking at a green one. There was one that was like almost like dinosaur green. And I went to look at it. And when you get there, it was like almost almost like a lime green, which now I think I'd be fine with it. But at the time, I was like, man, I don't want to drive around and be made fun of like I'm driving a dinosaur. <laughs> so, <Yeah>. And <laughs> at the time, the only other Subaru option that I had, because at the time I, I needed a vehicle. Like mine was dying. The transmission was going like I needed a vehicle like within a month. So the only other option for Subaru Crosstrek that I had within driving distance is the one that I have. And technically it's not black. It's a, I think it's dark gray metallic. Yeah. Which when it's dirty, it, it just looks black. But when it's clean and you see it in the sun, it almost has like a, like a sparkle, like a, almost like a blue sparkle to it. So it's actually really pretty when you're up close to it. But when you're standing back of a farm, it just it just looks black. Yeah. Now you said that you used to get out with this guy that had a cross track, and y'all would go do white rod, white water kayaking and and rafting, and just take it out and get out to trails and everything. Now, did you know about the Subaru community back then? Like, was he connected with the community, and did you know about it, or was it something that you didn't find out about until after you bought your cross track? I did not. I did not know about it beforehand. And, and in all honesty, he might have. But to be fair, I don't, to be honest with you, I don't even think Facebook existed back then. Um, I'm pretty sure, or, or Instagram existed back then. I'm pretty sure it was just Facebook. Um, and like, you know, like the forums that we read online. But yeah, so I don't think he did. And I didn't either. I didn't realize how big the community was until after owning owning a, owning a Crosstrack, owning a Subaru. I didn't get into it until actually probably even a year or more after already owning it that I started uh, going into the rabbit hole. Yeah. And so obviously it's a 2013, like you said, but then you bought it used because you, you said that his may have been a 2014 and you bought yours a little bit later on. So when did you actually buy yours? I bought mine at the beginning of 2017. Um, my car was dying, like I said, at the end of 16, I believe. Um, yeah, so I think I, I think I, I was like, oh my gosh, this is going to be like the biggest Christmas gift to myself. And I think I ended up picking it up like the second or third day of January of 2017. So that was that was the best Christmas gift ever. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> to myself. And then when you, so since you said that he had like a lift on his and he had the rooftop basket and all, and you know, some other mods on his cross trick, when you bought yours, were you thinking 
that's some of the stuff that I want to do as well? Or did you even have any plans to do mods? Uh, I did not actually. Um, Cause I looked at his and I was like, man, this guy makes a lot more money than I do. He can dump money into his car and, you know, not worry about the repercussions of damaging it. Cause he can always either fix it or buy something new. Um, so I didn't have any idea what I was going to do with it. I was just going to leave it stock because I'm like, look, it gets great gas mileage. It looks cool the way it is. Why screw with something that like, why try to fix something that's not broken or like why try to make something better. That's already great. And then, and then that changed. But in the beginning, there wasn't anything like I wanted to do to it. So where did that come from then to decide to start doing some mods? And like, what did you have in mind when you first started thinking about it? And then what was it that made you decide to do it? Well, I'm going to break that down because there's a lot of questions in there. But where I started, um, I guess there, so there was a friend I used to work with um, and he was like, hey, you know, we can really you know, make your front end more aggressive. And so I kind of started looking into it and I ended up finding pictures on Google. I was just like Googling Subaru Crosstrek and I was just, and I started finding all of these like pop-ups of, you know, other builds that people have done. And that really opened my eyes to the overlanding and off-roading community. And from then, at first, I'm like, dude, these are awesome builds, but these are like thousands of dollars in the making. Like, I don't have money for this. Um, so let's start really small. You know, let's pick the one thing that I would love to change. And at the time, that was the front grill. Um, so the, the front the front grill was my first mod. Um, that was just to that was just because I looked at it, I'm like, man, this thing is chrome and ugly, and I can't stand chrome. I'm totally for you know hashtag kill the chrome. So, and Plasti, Plasti Dip just wasn't enough. So he helped me uh, mod and replace the grill. And that was, that was the, the start of something new. <laughs> yeah, I remember I was looking through your posts. I, I think it was last night and saw where you had a comparison of the old grill and the new grill. And the grill looks <laughs> really good. And uh, yeah, that was the, the start of all of it. Because now yeah. you've gotten quite a bit more done. Yeah, I've gotten quite a bit more done. Um, the grill, that grill is actually designed from Subaru as a support mesh grill, but the mesh part of it actually goes in front of that like center column. And you'll see a lot of Subarus that have it now. Um, but he was like, hey, you know, if you want to make this different, you could do this or you could do that. And then I'm just like, okay, well, how about if I just cut this and, you know, we'll epoxy this here and we'll bend this there. And, you know, then by the time I was done, I was like, this looks awesome. And then by the time we put it on, I was, I was really happy. When you started to think about more mods after you did the grill, was there something that you were thinking about where you're like, man, I'm really, really excited about doing this mod. Was there one that you were just like really excited to do? Yeah. Um, a couple. So th there was a couple mods between that and the, and the one that you're asking about. But the next one that I was asking about was a really big one. Um, it was actually probably one of the biggest that I took, uh, took on, which was, uh, I installed, um, kind of like sound deadening material on my car mm -hmm. because everyone, everyone else's vehicle around me, anyone that I, you know, drove with 
whether it, was, it doesn't matter if it was Subaru, it sounded like it was more quiet inside the cabin than mine was. Like mine was really loud. Like I could hear stuff on the road as I drove. Um, you know, so you know, you could hear the engine noise and like you ride in other people's and it was just like, seemed so quiet and so peaceful. And, you know, you could hear the music better and you could have a conversation better. And I was like, man, it would be great if I could do something like this. So then I started researching into how do I make my vehicle more quiet on the inside of the cabin? And that, that was a big project. So you want me to get into that or should we talk about that later? Yeah, no, I was just thinking as you were talking about that, like how long did something like that talk? I mean, how long did something like that take? Because I was, as again, scrolling through your Instagram post and I saw where you had, you had the headliner out and everything. And I was like, I, I didn't like read the caption or anything, but it was kind of obvious like what you were doing, that you were doing something with putting something up there and probably sound dampening. But how long did that take since it was such a big project? It took it took probably weeks of research ahead of time before I started doing anything, but I broke it down into I think I think it was four stages I broke it down to weekends, weekend projects because I still this was this was always been my daily driver. So whatever I do on the weekend, regardless on how much I take off or take out, I have to be able to put Humpty Dumpty back together again so I can drive <laughs> to work on Monday. Yeah. So with so with so with that said, um yeah, so I had to drop the headliner, you know, so I had to remove some of the plastic around the trims, drop the headliner. And then I used, um, for the dampening of the sound or the dampening of the vibrations, um, I used something called Kilomat. Um, so it's kind of like sticky and tacky on one side and it almost looks like foil on the other. And you push it and you, um, kind of like roll it or push it onto the surface and it sticks to it. And what it does is that, so like if rain hits it, it reduces the vibration of the metal bouncing, which sounds really small. Um, but then after that, I used a very dense rubber called MLV. It stands for mass loaded vinyl. Um, it's, it was, it was, how much was it? It was a, I think it was, I used a hundred square feet of it and it was, it was a pound per square foot. So every 12 by 12 inch, it was a pound. So it was, it was pretty heavy. And that was what reduced the sound mostly. So I had to tack that all up and on there and then put the headliner back up and, you know, put everything back together. So that would be one weekend. Um, I think the next weekend I decided to do the doors, the four doors. So your driver's side, passenger side, and your two rear doors. Um, the next one I did just the hatch. So I did the hatch door, I did the trunk. So I took out, you know, the floor and all the plastic around the wheel wells. Um, yeah. So then that was the last weekend. And then the last weekend was the big one. The last weekend I had to get down to the floor. So I had to remove all the plastic around the doors. I had to remove the seats and then I had to remove the carpeting all the way down to the bare metal, clean it, you know, and then do the same thing, put down this kilomat stuff and then, you know, cut everything to dimensions to put in this really thick rubber. And then again, and that was actually, it was funny because when I was doing that, it was a Thanksgiving weekend that year and my grandparents were over and they came out to the garage while I'm inside, I'm sitting inside my car, cutting pieces of rubber and my seats are out, the floor is out. And he, and my, my grand grandfather comes over and looks at me. And he's just like, 
wow, you are balls deep in this. And I'm like, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> I know. <laughs> so, so yeah, so that happened. And then, uh, and then I put it back together and it wasn't a game changer for the amount of work that I put into it. I won't do it again. Let's put it that way. It was a wonderful experience and I'm glad I did it because it definitely helped, but it, you know, I get in my car and it does not sound like I'm driving down the road in a Tesla. Yeah. Right, that's what I was hoping for, but that's just not realistic. Did you calculate yeah. how much weight you added to it by putting in the, that, uh, the, um, other part of it? What was it called? Yeah. The mat. Yeah. The MLV, the mass load. Um, I did actually, because I didn't actually use that whole role. I obviously bought enough to do the job. Um, so in actuality, I only added about, about, I think it was about like 65 pounds. So, I mean, 65 pounds is not much when you're talking about, you know, if you're going on a trip, you're bringing a cooler and bags and luggage and gear and people and food and water and all of this other stuff. So I was like, you know what, 60 pounds, 70 pounds. So what, you know, if it makes my ride more enjoyable and, you know, I could listen to music more clearly because the sound was better. I could have a conversation easier with people. You know, that's all stuff that second gens and up don't have to worry about. But the first gens are, uh, it's a rattle box on the inside sometimes. Yeah, I guess would you, and I know you've done, I want to get into this a little bit later, but I mean, and we can get into it soon since we're talking about mods, but I know you've done a lot of, or it seems like quite a bit of DIY mods. Would you say that that one was the most complicated and time intensive? Um, complicated. Yes. Well, no, I'm, I'm sorry. Go, let me go back. Time, time taking. Yes, absolutely. Cause it took ooh, from start to finish. That one was a couple of months, you know, from making sure I did it right. Make sure I didn't break anything, making sure that if I took it out, I knew how to put it back in, you know, and make sure that, you know, if I take off 10 bolts, I put 10 bolts back on, you know, all that crap. Um, so, but as far as the hardest, it definitely wasn't the hardest. Um, I've definitely done other ones that have been more challenging or more uh, complicated, but time consuming for sure. So what would you say is the most complicated DIY mod you've done? Ooh, complicated. Um, honestly, well, I, hmm. probably the most complicated one. Oh gosh, I don't actually know on this one. Maybe, maybe it would be that because because that, that's kind of throwing around some of the other ideas of like the other stuff that I've done. Um, so like you know, like the spare tire, the trunk in the back, that one was kind of complicated because that took a lot of steps. Um, you know, doing all the electrical for the head unit that involved a lot of steps. Um, it, I, I guess none of it is really too complicated because I figure I feel like if you read enough and you do enough research. And you talk to other, you know enough people or the right people, you ask the right questions, you know, you can really kind of learn anything you need to about these cars, you know, or in this case, you know, to do projects to improve the overall experience. So as far as I don't know, as far as the hardest, I'm I'm just gonna say the trunk floor in the in the back because there was a lot of things to consider of what I was taking out, what I had to put in, and to make it work and look good and this is the one where you have your 
a spare tire back there, and it's a full-size spare tire, I think. And then you have the deck, which also doubles as tables. Is that correct? <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. I remember back when you started doing that, I was like, man, this is like really cool that he's making good use of this space back there and then turning it into something functional as well. It's not just a deck. It's like something that you can actually use when you take it out. That was really cool. So go over that process. Thank you. Um, yeah, so it is a it is a full size fair, um, which is pretty pretty big considering the the little donut you take out of it. Um, but yeah, so again, that was kind of research looking into other people who have done something similar. And realizing me like, you know what, I love how you did this, but I don't want to deal with that or I don't need it to do this. Um, so, yeah, so as as the floor is concerned, you got this like little piece of this like really thin, I don't know what it is, it's like plastic, like pliable plastic that bends for the floor. Took that out, trash. Um, and then you have the, you know, the tire and the, the frame and stuff. but you ha- to build it to be big enough to fit the width of a full-size tire and to make it so the back seats can still fold up and to be able to fit a table in there was kind of challenging because I'm kind of, you know, DIY winging it the entire way. So, like, there is no instruction manual, you know? There is no, hey, these are the parts you need. Here's the, you know, resources that you need. You know, it's, we're going to make a measurement. And then we're going to measure it again. We're going to make a cut and pray to God that it fits fits now. Oh, it doesn't fit. So now we got to go back and redo this. And it was a lot of, you know, trial and error. Um, But I knew that I wanted to make it as utilizing as much space as I could back there. Because when I look at it, I was like, man, the trunk itself is a pretty good size space for it being a hatchback. But when I put, you know, my gym bag and, you know, all my, you know, my boots in there, you know, gear and, you know, stuff that I need, I have so much extra room above it that I just don't use. And I don't necessarily need to look out my, the glass on my rear view. I got other mirrors for that. They're fine. (laughs) So, (laughs) so so I was like, man, I can totally raise this up for the full size pattern here. It'll be a lot safer. It'll make me feel a lot better and I can make this work. So overall, you go back and look at um, I built, I took a, some one two by six or two by six, two by six or two by eight, one of those. And, uh, and then basically made three sides of a box and then put in some 45 degree angle um, pieces of wood to kind of stabilize it, painted black and just fit that around the base of the tire and then made it so it fit level on top of um, the floor in between the two wheel wells. Um, and then the spare itself fit there. And then, I was, and then with that being said, I had so much more room around that that I didn't have before. So now I have these giant cubbies. I have like four, I have like five, four or five huge cubbies where I was able to fit more gear underneath the deck. So then the deck itself is, um, it's just half inch ply, finished plywood you know, sanded it down. I want to go half inch because I feel like that was strong enough to hold any weight. Um, and then I put, I put this like, uh, this half inch, like black rubber edging all the way around it and cut it. So it just kind of like, it hold protects the wood, you know, if I drop it or stuff like that. But then 
it makes it so I can just like pick it up and hand like manhandle it a little bit rougher and not worry about, about cutting my fingers or getting a splinter and stuff like that. So you know, you know just kind of make it look pretty, stain it, put a couple coats of polyurethane on it, and it looks good. And then you put the like rubber matting that was back there before. I just left that on top to you know just kind of make it easier to clean up. So if anything spills back there or if any you know dust and crap. Um, you know, dirt piles up back there. I can literally take that out, shake it off and throw it back in. We're good. But like you said, it is multifunctional. So I can take that out. And if I'm out camping, um, or if I'm out anywhere, really, um, so it comes apart in two pieces. So there's kind of like the front panel, like as you're looking at the trunk of the car, there's a front panel that fits into the cubby holes on the left and the right. And then there's a rectangular piece that's perfectly rectangular behind it. Well, the one behind it is why it turned into a table. I basically um, bought like Amazon special, some tube legs that I think are three feet long each with adjustable feet and screwed in the base. But then I was able to unscrew the legs and put the legs between the seat and the back of that like two by eight where was bumping up against the tire where I had plenty of space. So the legs fit in there and then I can literally take that out in I don't know, a couple of minutes, screw the legs on, put the table up. Now I have two tables to work with, but I still have my full-size spare and all my gear and everything underneath it. So it worked out really well. This episode is brought to you by Melee Design Firm. They are your one-stop shop for the world's best motorsports batteries and homemade battery mounting systems. Whether you are searching for the highest performance lithium option or just need an OEM replacement, Melee has you covered. You can also spruce up your engine compartment with a Melee Edition Subaru Engine Bay cap set made of billet aluminum and available in anodized black, red, or blue. Thank you so much, Melee Design Firm, for sponsoring the Subi NU podcast. This episode is also brought to you by Spider No Drill Roof Rack. If you're looking for rooftop storage solutions, this is a place to be. Go check out spiderroofrack.com and see what they have to offer for your Subaru. You can do like me and use it to keep your spare tire up there. Or you can put up some storage boxes for camping gear or for recovery gear, whatever it is that you may need. It's also a great place to mount additional lights like some side lights, chase lights, or a light bar in the front. You can use the code SUBINU, all spelled out, to get 10% off of your Spider No Drill Roof Rack. Thank you so much for sponsoring the SUBINU podcast. And now, back to the show. I was just, I was looking at your Instagram posts as you were talking about that. She had one not too long ago that where you showed that. And yeah, it's just, it's such a cool little DIY project that you did there. And it's multifunctional. Like you said, you've got the little cubbies and then you've got the one piece that's rectangular that now you can use as a table. So it's not just serving as a deck and a place to hide your full size spare, but it, you know, it's, it's like, it's just such a cool little project. And I really like that you did that and, you know, that you shared what you did with it. It's just, uh, it's really cool. Thank you. Yeah. Um, on one of your earlier episodes, I believe you were talking to Oh God, I hope I'm, I hope I'm right on this when I say over overlanding. I'm pretty sure you were talking to him. Yeah. And you guys had made it, you guys, he he was talking about it 
and you're like, oh yeah, that was cool. I thought, I think it's the OG XB. And man, when you said that, like my heart stopped. I was like, oh my gosh, he knows me. (laughs) <laughs> like like i like i don't know i was i was like on cloud nine i was just like you won't believe this i was i was at work and i was telling people at work i'm like you don't understand like this guy <laughs> he made a reference to me <laughs> yeah i mean it's cool you know and that's i mean that's what's so cool but, about yeah. about this community is you follow all these people and you see something that somebody else did and you know i mean it, it ends up getting talked about you do something that people recognize and and it's cool because then it just can come up in conversation. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and then, and it kind of, it kind of helped me out too, because like, I love how yours looks with it on, on the roof basket. Well, it used to be on the basket. Now it's on, now it's on the spider, the spider, no drill roof rack. Um, but I love the way it looks up there, but down here, the sun is so brutal that it just, it cooks everything. So I was really scared that like if I put my tire out on the roof and left it there all year long, just baking in the sun, even if I put cover on it, like it, I feel like it would just destroy that tire. So I, I opted to put it inside and I'd say it worked out pretty well. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's good. So what other, well, let me go uh, before we get into other mods, but how did you go about doing the blue trim that goes around like the different parts of your car? Cause you've got where it says cross track and then XV on the back. And then there's a lot of trim around the exterior. That's blue. How'd you go about doing that? So first of all, I want to say thank you because most people don't realize it's there. Um, I've tried to like make posts over the, over the years about it. Cause I think it's a cool little touch. Yeah. Um, so early on, thanks. Um, early on when I was looking at other people's builds and they did all these kind of like accent pieces, um, they were using black, black vinyl, you know, you could, or black stickers, black vinyl, all the stuff. And I, I learned very, very quickly. I was like, man, if I put anything black on my car, you don't see it. It doesn't matter if you're right up next to it, you still don't see it. So I, at first, way before i did the white on the car um i was like you know what i just want to put a little pop of color so it has a little bit more definition a little bit more uniqueness a little bit of character but without like pop without the bang right in your face so at first i did a little bit of it's just uh was i think it's quarter inch blue vinyl honestly i think i bought from amazon i think i bought like a hundred feet of it long by a quarter inch for like five bucks and I was like, you know what? I can do a lot with this. So I started doing just the little inlets of around side the inside of the grill. And I put that up and I was like, hey, guys, I put a little pop of color. What do you think? And I got some good feedback. And I was like, you know what? I'll, I'll do a little bit more. And then from there, it went to you know, the little, the little stripes across the door handles. And then I was like, OK, let's go. Let's, go, let's make this a little bit more. So I did a little stripe across the mirrors. And then it got a little bit bigger when I was just like, you know what? So I don't, I don't know what they are. So like, on if you're looking at the back of the cross track, you got these little uh, little reflectors on each corner, and then a plastic trim piece that kind of comes behind the wheel well, and then kind of wraps around that reflector in the back. And I did it around there, and I'm like, wow, that looks really good. I should do this maybe along the side. So I went all the way along the bottom of the doors, 
And then I was like, you know, I'll just go around the front. And so it just, it just gradually, it didn't, it wasn't like a, wow, you know what? I'm going to do this. It was like weeks or months in between when I was just like add a little bit here, then add a little bit there and add a little bit more. I'm like, cause I already have it and nobody's going to tell me no. And the more I add, it seems like the better it looks because it just shows off more of the lines, more of the structure of the car and, yeah, so it was it was it was a gradual thing. It definitely was not a all at once for that. Yeah, like where else can I add some more to it? Because it's looking good here, so maybe it'll look good here, and maybe it'll look good there as well. Yep, because vinyl is one of those great things. And if you if you haven't seen my car already, it has a little bit of vinyl on it. It's one of those great additions or one of those great mods that you can put on, and if you don't like it, you can peel it off. Yep. Yeah. Very true. So. So what was your kind of getting off your mods for a second? What was your experience like at Subi Fest and how many of the Subi Fest events have you been to? So I've actually only been to one Subi Fest and that was last year. Okay. Um, unfortunately, unfortunately, I wasn't able to make it to it this year. Um, I had already planned a trip up to North Carolina this year before I even knew of Subi Fest happening, which I was really kind of bummed about because even though the trip was great, um, Subi Fest this year took place in Daytona, which I was personally looking forward to because um, there's a lot there's a lot of really cool um, things to do in Daytona, um, like driving on the beach, for instance. That's one of those things you can do in Daytona that I can't do here in Fort Myers. But anyways, um, Subi Fest was kind of eye opening, to be honest, because like you. There's not a lot of Subarus here. Like, I'll see a Subaru maybe once every 400 cars I see on the road. So, not very many. Um, so, to go to a, something like that, where, mind you, I didn't, you know, I didn't have a car group. I didn't um, know of anybody already going to Subi Fest. I was like, you know what? I'm interested in it. I, I'm into the community. Let's sign up and compete and let's do this. So went and my girlfriend was with me and I remember we were sitting in the in the line waiting to get into the park and I was so giddy that like I was almost shaking and my girlfriend was looking at me she's like what is wrong with you <laughs> and yeah I, I was like look at this i'm like this is incredible like there's wrx's everywhere you know of all years you know there's a couple of cross tracks and forcers and outbacks and there's all of these different supers out there and i am like this is amazing like how have i not done this before <laughs> and she was like oh gosh this is gonna be a, this is gonna be a good day for you i'm like yeah it is so so again the subaru find my little parking spot and i am I am sticking out like a sore thumb. I have, at that point, I had my traction boards up there. I had um, a giant Subaru flag flopping around on, on, off of my basket. Um, and so, so I'm parked there, and there is nothing but these like slammed, boosted WRXs everywhere. And I'm like, whew, tough crowd, but this might work in my favor. <laughs> yeah, what am I doing here with all of these? <laughs> Yeah, well, you know, again, considering where I'm from or where I'm living anyways, you know, it's it's straight. All the roads are flat and straight. 
you know, you don't get a lot of overlanding slash off-roading builds, whether we use it for that or not. Um, so to even just to be there with a bunch of super other Subarus is fun. You know, and then there's like you walk around and see the vendors and you're talking to people and you know, like a was a higher ground, which is higher ground is a bot. Uh, they don't do only body, but they do other things. They're, they're a shop that focuses, I think, primarily on Subaru here in Florida. You know, so to go and talk to them and realize that, hey, there's a sh- shop here in Florida that focuses specifically on Subaru. So I can reach out to you and be like, look, I have pulled this off of my car. Can you help me? Because I don't know what to do to fix it. You know, and like stuff like that was mind blowing. You know, instead of just like an average shop that you can go to and pay, you know, a hundred bucks an hour for John Doe to look at your car. So, but yeah, so you got to see the vendors. Um, you get to, you know, see the the competitions. Um, there wasn't a like drifts as far as, you know, there wasn't any like races, but, you know, they were doing like revving competitions on who could, you know, rev their car the loudest. And, you know, there was you know, all and people were taking pictures of their hoods up and like, you know, the lights were making colors and projectors and, you know, everything's doing crazy things. And I was like, man, my car is like so far, so far on the bottom of this mod list of what people are putting thousands of dollars into their cars and but i had so much fun you know and i got to i got to meet some really cool people and i was able to um i was able to introduce myself to someone that i had followed for a long time on instagram anyways didn't work out quite the way i expected it to but it was cool to see his build in person and then uh and then somebody actually came up to me actually i had a couple people come up to me but I had, I had one kid come up to me and was looking at my car and I went over and talked to him. I'm like, Hey man, what's up? <laughs> and, uh, 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 and, uh, his name, his IG name is Kahunaru. And so he has a first gen cross track and, you know, lifted does crazy things with it, you know, like major off-roading. And he came over to me, introduced himself and we started talking and like, I was so excited. I probably spent about 30 minutes standing there talking to him just on the side of our cars talking about, you know, what I've done, what he's done. And it was awesome. It was great to meet someone like that and have a full conversation just about our cars, something that we both are super passionate about. And then later after the event, I'm like, Hey man, I would love to see your build. And then we walked over to his parking lot over into the distant parking lot. And we, he showed me his and he goes hard. Like when you say full send, like he does some rough stuff with his Subaru, yeah. but all, all the power to him. It was, but yeah, it was super cool. It yeah. was a really cool experience. And then you got to meet somebody else too, that I saw I, you posted a picture of with him. I did. I, uh, Bucky Lassick was there and the only, to be up, to be fair. Um, the only reason I knew of his name and who he was, was I had listened to you you had mentioned him or you had talked to him or you were, I think you had an interview with him and I had listened to it. And so anyway, so I knew him just by that. And then at the time I went over, I shook his hand. I, uh, I'm like, Hey man, I'm, I'm friends with Raphael from the Subi and you podcast. Even though at the time I didn't you know, know you face to face. And he was like, Oh yeah, man. Say hi to him for me. I was like, okay, cool. Can I get a picture? 
And that was it, unfortunately, like, because we, we were surrounded by people. He had, you know, he had a hundred people around him trying to talk to him. Yeah. Um, but it was super cool. And I was just like, yeah, right on. Like, I know, I know, I know somebody that's a celebrity. This is cool. I'm a cool kid now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So uh, off there, I won't put this in the episode, but yeah, I, I feel very blessed that like now, because I've met him four times now because I met him at boxer fest last year when, when Subaru flew me out there and then I met him here in Houston. There's an event called banger in the hangar, which this guy has a dismantled (laughs) vert ramp that somebody that, that somebody was going to decommission. He bought it, had it dismantled and re put together in his, on his property. And he holds this event. Yeah. So last year was the second annual banger in the hangar. And he has people like skateboarders from all over the world come and, and skate here. And so Bucky was there last year. And since I had already met him at Boxer Fest, I was, you know, I walked up to him and I was like, hey, Bucky, how's it going? And uh, yeah. Tony Hawk ended up showing up there. Like, that's how oh. big of a deal this was. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. And then so then I saw Bucky at um, Boxer Fest at, out in California. And then we had an event here called The Big Event, which was um, put on by a local dealership here. And Bucky Lassick was there. So I got to talk to him there as well. And it was cool because like I was just, he came over to my, cause I had a booth at the big event and he came over and we were just talking for a while. Then we recorded, then we were talking for a while after that. And I was, and it wasn't until like the next day or something that I was thinking like, this is really cool. Like I feel really blessed that <laughs> being in the position that I'm in, having the podcast and and kind of being getting to where I'm more known in the community that I can just sit here and have a conversation with Bucky Lassick. And then there's all these other people that wait in this really long line to take a quick picture and say hi, shake his hand and, you know, get his autograph or something. And I'm just sitting here chatting with him at my booth, you know? <laughs> so I'm like, and then I get to go see him at Banger in the Hangar next Friday. So with their, oh, wow. Yeah, they're having it this Friday, the 11th, and he's going to be there again. And uh, my son, I took my son last year. I'm going to take him again this year when I get back into town because I get back in at like 530. So I'm going to go straight there. And my son's going to bring his, because I, I bought a Bucky board last year, had Bucky sign it. And I'm going to see if we can get Tony to sign it this year. So that would be, oh, that's man. Gonna be that, really that's cool. That's awesome. That's yeah, it's going to be really cool and I'm sure I'm sure the kid is going to love that too. Yeah, so I mean like with all this going on like I I just, you know, I've told my son I'm like, yeah, there's I know there's a lot of stuff going on. I know that we <clears throat> I spend a lot of time with the podcast and I spend a lot of time, you know, with my car and everything, but it's brought some really cool opportunities for you as well with me doing all this stuff. So I think he's like, you know, starting to appreciate all of it. Yeah. I'm glad he's able to appreciate it. I hope, I hope he sees how awesome it is to have a dad like you, because I know a lot of people, um, myself included growing up, father figure is very, very different than, um, you know, what you do with him and how you act about him. And, you know, the fact that it's super cool that you, um, you know, he makes music and you put it in your podcast. Like, I hope he realizes how special that is. And when he sees it later in life, when he, maybe someday, maybe if he becomes a father, 
that he'll be like, you know what? I had a really good growing up. Look what your grandfather did. You know, that'll be, that'll be super cool to see. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I think he, to some level appreciates it and thinks it's cool, but you know, he doesn't realize what it is just yet, but someday he will. Yeah. And he'll look back and be like, damn, that was pretty cool. Yep. And that's going to be a proud moment for the both of you, to be honest. Oh yeah. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. all right, we'll get back to this. Um, yeah. So that's, I mean, that's <laughs> cool that you were able to make it out to Subi Fest. You think you'll end up going again now? I mean, I know you weren't able to make it this year because you had a, a prior commitment, but do you think that you will just plan to go from now on and make it, uh, make sure that you make it out to Subi Fest? Yeah, for sure. I mean, it was, uh, like I said, it was a, it was a bit of a drive the last one I went to, um, but it was totally worth it. So I'll definitely go in the, in for future events. Um, I don't know if I'll compete every year, but cause you know, it's kind of nice to be able to get in my car and leave whenever I want to. Yeah. <laughs> instead of leaving my car there all day. Um, but I mean, I, I had a blast. My girlfriend enjoyed it. So I, I don't see why we wouldn't go. Yeah. So getting back to your mods, can you give us a list of all of your mods total and then your DIY mods? Oh, Just kind of like a that's brief a, overview. That's, that's a big list. Um, I honestly, I, I haven't counted them, but if I'm looking at the list, I'm probably going to guess about 40, 40 to 50 wow. mods. But to be fair, not all of them are really big game changers. You know, you look at it, you, know, you might not see them. Um, well, then you so, can just go over like the major ones then. Okay. Um, uh, let's see here. Uh, obviously I've done a lot of vinyl work. Um, if you, if, if you, if you look at my car, I put a little, little bit of vinyls on there. Um, so I have, I have pretty much all of the three big vinyl companies on there. I have stuff from accent Trek designs. Um, I have the Orsini vinyl designs. Um, so they both did a lot of my stuff, but all the white, the, everything from the branding to the, the forest and the mountains, that is actually from a company called impulse designs, impulse designs. I apologize. Um, the guy who does that, I don't know if you follow his, his build at all, but he, um, he, he used to be called South coast cross track. I think he's Jurassic cross track. Now he like turned his build into like he goes to like fundraisers with his kid and stuff and like turned it into like a Jurassic park, um, ranger mobile, I guess. Um, but he's the one who owns that company and he's the one who designed all of the, the white, you know, working with me and designed all that. So I could do that. So that was super fun. Yeah. Um, the, so there was that, um, the grill, the horns, you know, everybody sees those because apparently, apparently the hella horns make all Subarus go faster. So I'm told. um (laughs) um one oh uh, i put a wrx steering wheel on my cross track everyone said it wasn't going to fit i made it fit so that's a mod but that was also kind of a diy because i had to kind of make that fit um you know you get all the the simple things like the the window visors the weather tech floor mats which i got for free from somebody else so it kind of worked out in my favor nice um yeah, well, going back to it, um, my car is very much so like a build on a budget. 
be, and that's probably part of the reason why I have so much DIY stuff. Cause I've done everything that you see on my car is stuff that I've done. Like I have not taken it to a shop to get it installed because honestly it's cheaper to do it myself. So if I can figure out a way to do it myself, I will. Um, yeah, so course. I do have, yep. So I do have the rock blocks, um, which are great, but I scratch on things. So if I go over a curb or if I go over like a, like a parking bump, you'll hear him go. I'm like, Oh, great. So I have that. I do have the, I have a, the, the two inch trailer hitch from Kurt, um, a racing tow hook. That's more of an aesthetic thing. I'm fully well aware. You can't really tow anything on that. Um, the Thule crossbars, they were given to me for free. Um, the tiger cargo basket on the roof. Um, and then the led bar that's on it. I had to build those led bars. Hashtag Amazon special bought the, bought the lights, but then had to build the, build the bracket and the wiring harness to run it. That was, that was a big one in itself. Um, yeah. Um, the LEDs pretty much throughout the car have been replaced. All the, all, you know, all the interior lights, the dome lights, you know, the, the, um, the headlights, taillights, all that stuff. With that being said, there is the diodynamic driving lights. Um, I bought those used from someone who was getting rid of them. I think he got rid of his second gen Crosstrek. And he's like, hey, I don't know if this will fit yours, but you can buy them for cheap if you want. So I think I ended up paying like 120 bucks for them, which is, in my mind, I'm like, hey, I, I can swing this, sure. And then he just kind of had to tighten the bracket here and add another bolt there, and it worked out just fine. Um, I also grabbed an EVC throttle controller. So I didn't think this was that big of a deal, but it's a lot of fun to play with. So the throttle controller, it allows, all it does is it plugs into the gas pedal. So as you press it, you don't have more power. It doesn't increase your engine performance, but you have almost like a quicker takeoff. Like your engine reacts quicker Yeah. to as soon as you press the pedal. So as fun as that is, on the other side of it, you can put in echo mode, which is where I keep it. And honestly, I get anywhere between two to three miles per gallon better with it in echo mode. And our cars are notorious for being slow anyways. But now, <laughs> yeah. mine is, now mine's even slower, but I get better gas mileage. So I'm okay with it. <laughs> so what other, uh, what other mods do uh, you, have you done? Yep. So I've put on um, kicker speakers onto it. Um, oh yeah, that helped. Not a game changer, but because it's plug and play, you can literally unscrew them, pl- unplug the old ones, plug in the new ones, and you're good to go. Um, I put on R1 Concept brake pads and rotors. Um, that was fun. I did the Falcon Wild Peak AT Trails um, because I don't do super hard off roading, or to be to be perfectly honest, I don't do a whole lot of off roading. Um, I I could not rationalize dumping you know a grand or more into wheels and tires like i love that people do it and i love seeing the uniqueness behind other people doing it but me personally i you know i I don't i don't have the money to push towards that and i don't really have the need for it right now you know yeah because if you're not if you don't have places like you know you don't live in the pacific northwest you don't live in colorado or california where you have access to all these trails where i mean that's like me i don't have access to very many trails so 
I mean, the, the reason I got wheels and tires is because I got some help with them, but I also liked the look of it. So if I hadn't had help with it, I probably wouldn't have any wheels and tires just yet because it was the same thing. Like I couldn't really afford to do that myself. And then again, didn't have the need for it. I mean, I did end up, you know, they came in handy when I went out to Colorado and here we have a a bash drop, which is not too far away. So there's some pretty um, decent trails there. And then I went up to Madison, Wisconsin. So even all that, I don't really have a need for them, but yeah, I mean, if you don't, if you're not in an area where you're able to get out a lot, there's really no need to spend that kind of money on it. But uh, I mean, the the Wild Peaks are definitely a good choice if you've got, you've already got wheels, you don't have to get other wheels, but you can get tires that'll at least help you out when you are going off-road. And that's, so that's a good buy right there. Yep, I com- I completely agree. And don't get me wrong, they've been they've been great. They stick to the road like glue. It's either it's wonderful. I don't have to worry about slipping in the rain. And you know, like I was talking about earlier, we get a lot of rain here. We have a whole season dedicated just to hurricanes. So it gave, definitely gave us just a peace of mind. And I've I've used them, you know, for going off the beaten path as well. So yeah, de- definitely definitely a good purchase. Yeah. Um. So we talked about the full size spare in the trunk. Um, I did do primitive racing at one point you were, you were giving a discount for purchasing them. Um, but I only bought two of the three. So I bought the, the rear and the mid armor. I did not buy the front or not the front, the, the, uh, the front skid plate. Yeah. Yeah. The, the engine one, um, honestly, because it's expensive and like, uh, like we just discussed, I don't go over, I'm not rock climbing with this thing. Um, with that said though, at the same time that I bought that, I did buy all the hardware for the front skid plate, and I currently have a stop sign sitting in my garage waiting for me to put that on. <laughs> hey, you would not be the first person to have, <laughs> <No>. <laughs> you know, yeah, I think the guy from Australia had one and then off kilter racing, he had one mm-hmm. on his yep. and it was, I think it was a pedestrian sign or something. It's like, yeah. man, that is just, that's so awesome. Yeah, it's, uh, it's it's unique and it's just like it's such a good conversation piece too. Yeah, a- absolutely. Um, but I was talking to a coworker and he was like, "Dude, I would be less worried about skid plates and more worried about water getting in your car." So, little a little a little snidbit, but there might be a snorkel in my future. Maybe, maybe not, depending how I feel about cutting through my fender. Yeah. Well. <laughs> we'll, well we'll see what that we'll see if that comes up or not you'll have the first amphibious cross trek yeah i've uh i've definitely <laughs> thought about it i've it definitely a, thought about it turn it into a boat <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um yeah so that's that um i did do some carbon fiber wrapping on the inside of my interior that was just more of an aesthetic thing because I, I hated the like brushed gray plastic it looked terrible yeah um, yeah, so the pinstriping, the vinyls, I put on a PPF, I put on a paint protection film. Um, Josh actually talked about it with his cross strike. Yeah. He paid, he paid a lot. I, I remember talking to him about it and, and good on him. I'm sure they probably did a much better job than I did, but I ended up buying the film myself and again, doing a whole bunch of research and I probably have about 80% of my car covered in clear vinyl right now so 
I'm not terribly worried about getting scratches anymore. I'm not worried about getting pinstripes anymore. It's a, definitely a good peace of mind. And in all honesty, I covered my entire car for, I think, I think it was about 110 bucks. Yeah, not bad. So, yep, for 80%, that, that does me pretty well. Yeah, definitely. Um, yep. So the, the flag mount for the flag on the, that, um, I did install dash cams um, by a company called Rexine for the front and the rear. Um, I have the Rally Innovations uh, like light bar, the bumper bar in the front. I haven't been able to chance to use that yet. Not to bump people, but there will be probably lights in the future. There is a roof scoop on the car, if you had not noticed. I did. Yeah. It's kind of hard. It's kind of hard to miss because it's not one of those things you normally see. Um, just to put people's mind at ease, I did not cut a hole in my roof as much as I would love to. I don't need it. And that would lead to all kinds of problems, I'm sure. Among among others, you know, leaking water into the car would be fun to deal with. My girlfriend would hate it. Um, but for right now, it's just there for aesthetics. That was intentionally in what it was intended for. But I love the way it looks. I actually saw that done on a Japanese build. He had it. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is something that I need to have. And I had put put it off and put it off for years. And I had finally got a hold of somebody who spoke Japanese or at least could translate enough for me. And we got a conversation going. He linked me to a website and I went through like international servers to get the part here. And that was all DIY because I had to like paint and all that stuff. Sorry. Totally. Totally went on a tangent. No, no, it's okay. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And then the iDoing head unit, I think was my most recent mod. And it was was a pretty big one because that really modernized and updated the inside of the car. Yeah, so. and that's really unique and and different looking, and I like that. Thanks. It was a again like everything else, you know, a lot of reading, a lot of like XV forums, and you know, seeing what other people have done. In actuality, the one that fits mine, um, when I contacted I doing about it, I was I, I always put it off because it was kind of on the pricier side as far as my, my mods are concerned. Um, all said and done, between the cables and the shipping and the part and everything else. Um, it was about 400 bucks. So it's not bad in my mind. That's not, but that's not bad, but on my list of other mods, that's kind of on the higher end. So that's why I've always kind of put on the back burner. Um, but what gave me the confidence to make that purchase and be okay with it is I was able to contact the company I do. And they were so, um, they're responsive and they were knowledgeable and courteous and it, it was great. But I was like, look, I have this do you have something that even fits it? And they sent me a link and it did, and it showed exactly what you see. And I was like, okay, great. Let's do this. Bought the part. And within, I think two weeks, maybe a little bit less, the part came in and then, and then the real fun began. <laughs> but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but yeah, it's a, it's a, it, it's a game changer as far as the interior is concerned. Yeah. So I know you, you've talked about, you get a lot of rain there. So I know you've, I'm sure you've driven through a lot of water, but have you driven through other types of terrain, like trails, mud, snow, sand? Um, yes and no. So yeah, I've driven through a lot of water and I'll tell you right now, driving through water is probably my favorite type of terrain to drive through. So it works out in my favor, but I, I've driven through sand. Um, 
I have not driven through. Unfortunately, I have not driven through snow, and I have I have actually not driven through mud. Anything different than like a puddle on the side of the road. Yeah, and that's just because honestly, where I live, there isn't much around here as far as dirt is concerned. Yeah, or dry or places to drive on it, nonetheless. Um, but yeah, so I actually um, I have driven through very soft sand. Um, my first time um, off roading. We, uh, I met up with, with a group of guys up in Ocala and Ocala, so Ocala National Forest. And from here, it's maybe about, maybe about three, three and a half hour drive north. So it was a big weekend trip for my girlfriend and I at the time. Yeah. So, so we went up there and went up, met up with a whole bunch of other Subarus and there's some foresters and there was a, you know, a lifted cross track and, you know, some guy with a warm bumper, and, you know, he was in some sort of an outback and. Anyway, so we go on this, we go on this trail and we're out there for hours. And this one, this one, I don't know what you want to call it. It's not, I guess it's a trail all by itself. Um, You know, the lead car stops and pulls up and, you know, walks to everyone's window and said, floor it. Or no, he said, gun it. I'm like, I'm like, and I didn't understand what he was saying. I'm like, gun it. What do you mean gun it? And he's like, and comes back and he's like, look, this trail is only two miles long, but it's an inclined slope of deep soft sand so if you lose momentum you are going to lose momentum you're going to get stuck and then we're going to have to deal with it <laughs> yeah so so and now mind you at the time i i had nothing on it like street tires um oh, i did wow. not air down i did not air down because i didn't know about it and nobody told me and I, it wouldn't matter because i wouldn't have any way to air back up anyways but so I'm out there in street tires and everybody else has lifted off-road tires and all this, you know, all, all the, all the jazz. And, uh, and I'm like, okay, we're just going to gun this. And I'm like redlining it. And I'm just like slowly cruising up this thing. And, you know, I'm like, like whatever's in the sand that's sticking up sticks, stumps, whatever is just like nailing every pipe on the bottom of my car and I'm hitting everything and every single bump you're feeling. My head's knocking back and forth. My girlfriend's holding on to the oh shit handle above the window. <laughs> <laughs> you know? And and you know what? We didn't slow down. Well, no, that's not true. We did slow down, but we didn't stop and we didn't get stuck. Yeah, Complete the most street tires, part. bone stock. <laughs> and then we get to the top and I was up there. And so like, I think our group was maybe like seven people or, or seven cars. There was more people, but there's seven cars. And uh, I think only four of us made it to the top, and the other three were in this trail somewhere. Oh so, no, left behind. So yeah, so fortunately, the the guy with the worn bumper and you know, the um you know the the hitch and stuff. So we went down in his vehicle only. Went down, and I I brought my traction boards, and so we had we had those, and we were just over there, and man, like some one of the other. One of the other vehicles was like, it was up into the top of the wheel well. Like that's how far it got stuck. So we're dying, we're sweating, and you know we're digging them out and laying boards. So like, lay two boards, he runs, then gets stuck. Then we go over and do it again. Lay two boards, he runs it, and, you know, goes and gets stuck. So we did that for probably about fifty feet, and then uh, and then eventually you know moved on from there. But yeah, I, I haven't gotten stuck in loose sand when other people did. <laughs> yeah, that's good, man. That's fortunate too because that could have been bad. Uh, yeah, that that could have been bad. That would have made uh, that would have made that trail, let alone that trip, much more difficult. 
Yeah. So what's the furthest distance that you've driven in your cross trek? I mean, you said that Subi Fest was pretty far, but uh, is there like a long distance that you've driven or like a long road trip you've taken? Um, well, I mean, so I think two weekends ago, two or three weekends ago. Um, well, for when, when Subi Fest was here. When Subi Fest was here, I had a trip planned up to Blue Ridge Mountains up in North Carolina. Um, the actually the same the same buddy I was telling you about earlier that had the Subaru Cross Trek in the first place before I bought mine. Um, I was going up to see him. Uh, him and his wife are expecting their first kid, so I was like, "Oh my gosh, your first kid's going to pop out in February. I need to see you before this happens because <laughs> yeah, you know, every everything changes and you have zero time after that." So. So I'm like, all right, I'm going to come up and see you. And so he lives in uh, Bryson City, North Carolina. Now, from where I am, that with with traffic, that's a 13 hour drive. So I did that. So I made I turned it into a five day trip. So I drove 13 hours from here to there, all on one day on Friday. That was about 800 miles. Um. So that was that was in one day, and then. Then Saturday we went on the Nanahala River and did some whitewater kayaking. I, I mind, mind you, my girlfriend was with me, so we took her on the river, which was a blast. And did like a, you know the hayride and cider and stuff afterwards. And then Sunday we went to Gatlinburg, Tennessee, and you know did the whole tourism thing. And then Monday, her and I went to Tallulah. I think it was Tallulah, Georgia. And we did, we did some hiking there and then we drove from there to Jacksonville, Florida, spent the night in Jacksonville. And then Tuesday went down to St. Augustine and checked out like the old town there and, you know, the castle where the Spanish landed and stuff like that. And then from there drove the five and a half hours back home. So over those five days collectively, it was just over 2000 miles. So So, yeah, so, I mean, I would say probably that's my furthest trip that I've taken with it. Yeah. Um, but I've also, um, I also did a really cool trip up to that, up to that same area years prior. Um, but I did the Tale of the Dragon, which is over by Tennessee in the North Carolina, mm-hmm. r- right around the Blue Ridge Mountains and stuff. So, so that one, I, I had a, I had a friend's family who lived up in Knoxville. So I drove up there one night after work and we spent the weekend, you know, playing on the tail of the dragon. If you don't know, it's, I think it's, I think it's like 11 miles or something like that of a road. So it's not super long, but it's got like 300, I think it's like 318 turns. Yeah. So like you're, and there is no straight. It is like curvy hairpins loops where, you know, your car is going almost sideways trying to go around a turn and, like it's in the mountains and it's in the wooded area and it's just, it's gorgeous and the weather was beautiful. And my car was like hugging into the turns. <laughs> I, I, I think we probably drove it, you know, probably about seven times that one day and a couple, a couple of the next. And then, you know, before I had to drive back home again. So both those trips were in the same area, but they were both super fun. Yeah, Scott Speed just recently did Tale of the Dragon and there's a YouTube video of it. And man, that looked like, a lot of fun in the car that he was driving. Yeah. Yeah, it, it is. And I mean, uh, so I, so I had actually done the Teledragon a number of times. So I, uh, so mind you, I, I work for Harley Davidson. So the first year that I went up there, I had brought my, my own personal sports bike 
And then the next year that I went up, I rented a Harley and did it then. And then by the third year came around, I was like, you know what? Two wheels is great, but I love my car. I would rather go up there and take pictures of my car. Yeah. So, I, yeah. so, so that so that's how it led to that trip. And you know what? I had a blast. And even though that car is way slower than those bikes, I had so much fun in those turns. And I and like some of those mountain roads up there, Raph. Let me tell you, man, it is just gorgeous. You got like mountain ranges on one side, you got a rushing river on the other, and it is a little piece of heaven on earth up there. Like it's absolutely gorgeous yeah i definitely need to go check that out but speaking of different spots to go explore and drive or do you have a bucket list place or places that you want to go visit and explore um i don't have like i wouldn't say i have actual places necessarily um i i think it goes without saying the pacific northwest is probably one of those places where man i could spend months out there driving around and talking to people and you know getting to know the area and probably love every minute of driving out there yeah like, it's beautiful I, yeah i i haven't been out that way unfortunately that is the complete opposite corner of the <laughs> yeah. states for me yeah that's so, like way far away for you yeah. so the chance the chances of me driving my own personal cross track up there is kind of slim unfortunately Cause man, that would be, that would be a, a trip. That would be like a multi-week trip where I'd be cool. And my girlfriend would probably love it because, you know, we would have to stop a lot of places and do a lot of other things. But, but with a, with 130,000 miles on my car right now, I don't know. That's a big trip. Yeah. Cause when I was, went up there for uh, my son, part of my son's spring break last year, I was looking at how far it was for me to drive and it was like one day and 10 hours. And I'm like, yeah, that's not going to happen. (laughs) I know. Same thing. I'm like, I would have to take at least two weeks or I would want to take at least two weeks off because I would probably take like three days just to drive out there and then spend however much time out there and then give myself three days to drive back or something, you know? Yeah, easily. And I mean, like I said, the North Carolina, that was 13 hours on one day. Uh, by the time I was done, I was just about fell out of my car. Yeah. I can't even imagine. I can't even imagine driving like 40 hours just to get over there. I don't know. I don't know how much it would be, but it's a lot. It would be a lot. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And there are a couple of places in Ireland that I would really, really like to go see. Um, I mean, g- geographically, it's beautiful, but it would be more beautiful if my Subaru Crosstrek was out there. I'm just saying. <laughs> yeah, no. I know. We can't. We all just ship our car wherever we want. <laughs> oh man, wouldn't, wouldn't that be wonderful? Yeah, yeah. So, what about your cross trek brings you the most joy when you think about it? The most joy. Um, honestly, I would probably have to say what it's opened my eyes to, and and, and specifically um, what it's made me realize, kind of about myself, away in a way. And when I say that, I mean, um, before this, I, I've never, um, I've always used a car, like bought a car, used a car, sold a car as just that, just as, as a vehicle, as a mode of transportation. Yeah. Um, and don't, don't get me wrong. You know, I've had personal attachments to cars like when, you know, with Tuck, you know, I had a personal attachment to him. Um, but I, I never actually like modded them and made them 
personalized to me. Like this car is very much so personalized to me. Like if I try to sell it here, it will never sell in this market. That's just, it, it, it's as simple as it is. Um, so, you know, learning that I could do things like this and make a car more useful to myself really kind of opened my eyes and brought me a lot of joy because now I know that for, for future vehicles, um, I can learn anything that I need to do on my vehicle and, you know, be able to build it the way that I want it to be made or build it to function the way that I want it or to look the way that I want it. Even if it doesn't come from the factory, the way that I want it. Does that make sense? Oh yeah. Yeah, definitely. So that, that brings me a lot of joy because I can, that's something that I can take away from owning this cross track or owning the Subaru. And whether I own a, another Subaru or, you know, any other car manufacturer for that matter, you know, I plan driving for the next 60 years. So it's probably gonna be a lot of cars that I can change if need be to suit my needs. Yeah, absolutely. Cause it's kind of gotten you to a point now where you're like, well, I let's see what I, or look at what I did with this car. What can I do with the next one? Yep, absolutely. And I, and it's kind of, yeah, you look at that and you'd be like, oh gosh, there, I am going to spend so much money on car mods in the future that I'm going to make a future wife really unhappy with me. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Uh, if you could swap Subarus with someone else for a day, who would you swap with? Um, I would honestly, I would probably have to say OC turbo Joe. Yeah. Um, because now don't get me wrong. I don't like he has, an outrageous build. And I say that in, in a positive light, like talk about mods. Like he does mods to the extremes and he has the ability and the resources and the knowledge. And I look up to him a lot for that, but like his build is on a whole nother level. Yeah. You know, I just want to, I just want to go and like have a conversation with a man about his car. I just want to like get my, get all over that car and get all up and in that and be like, wow, let me look at this. Let me ask you questions. Let me talk to it. Yeah, I would like to drive it. It would be a lot of fun to drive your car. Oh man, yeah, that would be a, that would be a crazy build. Yeah, that would yeah. be a crazy build to drive. I know it's uh, he's done a lot to it, and he just seems like he keep, keeps doing more to it. Yeah, I actually, um, it's funny. I was actually looking at my account, and like, so I had put, I started posting and opened my account or the IG account that you see. Um, in April of 2020, well, I was looking at his recently and back in 2020, his car looked pretty stock. And so he's done a lot on it in two years. So it's really interesting to see what he does with it going forward as well. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, people just, they kind of get started and then they go, uh, they go off the rails. (laughs) Tell me about it. Yeah. If you could meet up with three people whom you follow and oh, hang out with them and uh, like hit some trails or just hang out and talk. Who would you meet up with? So I had to think about this one really hard. Um, unfortunately I don't have three. Can I say four? Can I give you four? Sure. <laughs> no, it's three um, and that's it. No. Yeah. You can oh, I know. Well, well, the list was much longer. I, I really had to like narrow <laughs> it down and like go back and check out the profile and go back and, you know, kind of like bullet points and all that stuff. But, 
Um, I'm going to say my number one is Colorado Crosstrek. Um, he has a first gen build. He's done a lot with it. I've had a lot of in-depth conversations with him. Um, I just, I love his style. I like what he's done with it. I've seen it, him on YouTube. I've seen, I've seen a lot of his first gen, um, you know, how he, how he's built it. And it's just, it, it's a beautiful machine. Yeah. So I would say, I would say he's up there. Um, I really like Caroline, the cross track. Um, I, again, I'm a sucker for the first gens. Um, silver bullet XV is, oh, yeah. is definitely up there because is, he makes a lot of reels. Yeah. He makes a ton of reels. He's like the real King. Um, but, but he drives his card hard. Oh, I know. I've yeah. been in it. And you know what, man? Like some of the music. <laughs> yeah, some of some of the music that's in those reels just get like my 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 blood pumping. So, yeah, he would he would definitely be a fun one to trail with and hang out with. Um, but I'm also going to throw in Brittany the Cross Trek. Like he he's done some really cool stuff with his build. Like you know, cutting cutting through his hood. Like man, I've thought about that, but whoo, that 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 makes my heart skip a beat trying to think of that. So but yeah, I, I would probably say those four, four for sure. Yeah, no, it's a definitely a good list there. Back in one of your posts, you met this woman named Rose cause you pulled up next to her cross track and y'all ended up talking for a while. Did, did you happen to get her any contact information for her to like keep in touch with her? Uh, unfortunately I did not. Um, but yeah, I, I had pulled into, I don't know if it was like a Macy's or a Target. I think it was a Target. And I was just like, oh my gosh, look at this beautiful, look at this beautiful beast. Completely bone stock, silver, cross track, parked right next to her. Um, got, got, got out and I see a woman standing there staring at my car. I'm like, hi. <laughs> she's like, hi, I love your car. <laughs> and I was like, thanks. I love your car too. That's why. Yeah, this is awesome. So we started started up a conversation. Unfortunately, I did not get any uh, uh, contact information. I I didn't go into it that far, um, but I just enjoyed you know having a having a conversation because, like I said earlier, I mean I'll see a Crosstrek, well not Crosstrek specifically. I'll see a Subaru here maybe once every like four hundred cars, and the majority yeah. of those are stock. You know, yeah. So you know, seeing someone even there with stock she was still super excited about both hers and mine, regardless how different they were or, how, you know, how many similarities they had, because I think I believe hers was a first gen as well. Yeah. Um, but I mean, she, she loved it. You know, she, she's like, yeah, I've, you know, had this for a couple of years and it's kept me safe. And I, you know, I take my grandkids in it and you know, this, that, and the other. And I'm like, yeah, you know, I've, I, I've done a couple adventures here and there and, you know, these lights have really come in handy and this, that, and the other. We just had a great conversation. And then by the time it was done, you know, she was just like, okay, well, I hope you have a great rest of your day. And I was like, okay, cool. You too. And that was it. Yeah. That's and cool. then I, honestly, I never saw her again. So I hope she's doing well. Yeah. So I guess being that you don't see too many Subarus, have you even had a Subi wave down there? <laughs> Funny story. Um, yes. But it had happened like my mind was in such shock and awe of what was happening that I didn't wave back in time. Like, <laughs> like somebody, somebody like I was at a parking lot or not parking lot, but I was at a stoplight and I was in the front of the line and somebody had crossed like someone was just, uh, 
you know, uh, perpendicular to me and turning left. So he's cutting across me and his hand was out the window and he gave, he gave me the peace sign. And I was in such shock of just looking at his car. And then he, then I saw his hand. And then by the time I had put my hand up, he was already turned and gone. I was just like, yeah. here's my one <laughs> shot. And I blew it. I had one job, <laughs> one job. Yeah. Yeah. So, so yeah, I have gotten it. I ha- technically I gave it as well, but unfortunately I don't think he saw me. Yeah. That's okay. Yeah. It's, I don't get many here. I've had some like out on the road, but I've had a couple, I think I've had like maybe three here, but same thing. There's a lot of, there's, there's more, probably more Subarus here than it sounds like what you have, but there's just so many daily drivers that they don't know what a Subi yeah. wave is. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And that's exactly it. I, I, I roll up along a bunch of Subarus and no offense to them, but they're, you know, Oh, 90 years old and they have no idea what a Subi wave is. And they're <laughs> yeah. just like, and they look at me, they look at my car and then you see them roll their eyes as they their head <laughs> forward again. I was like, Oh, you know what? I'm okay with that. Yeah. I'm okay with that. I, I love my car. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Did your girlfriend think that you're crazy with all the mods or is she like supportive of what you're doing and everything? Uh, I can say yes to both. um she she is very supportive um she's been with me on a lot of my adventures with the cross trek um for a long time for a while probably probably good or probably the first year that we were dating i was very focused on subaru mods and doing just that and she was totally on board with it and she understood that i like hey i have specific weekends designated to working on my car and she's like, okay, that's cool. I'll see you later this week. Yeah. And that was it. And, you know, and then we did our own thing and we went on our adventures and don't get me wrong. Uh, I'll get really excited and passionate about, you know, like the next mod that I'm working on and I'll start like explaining, Hey, I'm going to design this bracket to hold, um, you know, the traction boards up on my basket and I'm going to, you know, use this kind of metal and I'm going to drill it here. And she's just like, I have no idea what you just said to me, but cool. Good for you. And, <laughs> yeah. And, okay. th- and then when I'm all, and then when I'm all done, I'll show her before picture and after picture. And she'll be like, wow, that was super cool. I'm like, thank you. No, oh, that's good that she has that, that gives you that support like that. Yeah. Her, um, she, she does not drive a Subaru, but I've, uh, I may have convinced her or started to plant the seed of a forester in her future. Nice. Um, we were, yeah, we were, uh, we were, we were on, on, uh, we were up in Tallahassee, which is up, up in kind of like Northern Florida on the, on a big road trip. And, uh, and we weren't in my Subaru, but we had parked next to one that had, I don't, I don't know what year it is, but it had like the red trim accent Yeah, marks along, along the, like the bottom and on other pieces. And she, I saw it. I saw it right away. As soon as we were in the parking lot, didn't say anything. And then she was just like, Hey, look at that. Oh my gosh. It's a Subaru. And then we started walking a little closer to it. And she's like, this isn't bad. This is a lot bigger than yours. You have a lot more space and it's higher. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. Rub it in. And <laughs> yeah. but, but, but at the same time, she's like, wow, you know, I really, I kind of like the way the interior looks and I like this and I like that. And I'm like, and I'm like, I'm like nodding my head and like shaking. And I'm like, and so it begins. Yep, there we go. So that's how it starts. It, it it may not be her next car, but it might be in the future. So 
we'll, we'll, we'll see. Yeah, no, that's good. That's good. <laughs> you, how did you end up finding out about the podcast and how has it impacted your life and your Subaru journey? Uh, well, I mean, I, I heard about the podcast, I guess, like kind of like everybody else did through Instagram. Um, I, uh, somebody, I mean, well, it wasn't somebody at the time, at the time, right when you release your first, your first episode of the accent trucks with Jen, it, it was like blowing up on everybody's feed. And like, all of a sudden, like the Subi and you podcast was everywhere. And at the time I, at, at, well, at first I didn't really think anything of it. I was just like, okay, here's a, here's a guy talking about his car. Great. And then it like the more people that I was already following was saying like, Hey, this is an awesome podcast. You got to listen to us. Raph is great. You know, he su- super connects with people and you know, he's just a really fun episode and this, that, and the other thing. So I was like, all right. And then the, like I don't know, probably three weeks had passed and then I had the time. I was like, okay, let me give this a shot. And I listened to it. And I was just like, this is wonderful. I'm like, how could <laughs> I be so naive to avoid this the entire time? And then I like binged through like the next like three or four episodes all at once. <laughs> and uh, yeah, and, th- and that's how I started with a podcast. And then I've been, I've been listening ever since how it's affected my journey. Um, it let's put it this way. So it gave me more confidence to reach out to people that I wouldn't otherwise, you know, like meet up with. So like that, that, that first, um, that first offer, you know, it's only about where we went in the sand. Um, so I didn't know anybody there. I, you know, I didn't know anybody. I didn't know anything about real off-roading really. I was just kind of like, Hey, I follow all these really cool accounts and I have a Subaru. So can I do this? And so anyway, so I was, I was talking to some people that I'd met through the Subaru, you know, the Subi and you podcast. And I was like, Hey, how do you, you know, get in touch with people? How do you meet up with people? Cause everybody that I'm listening to or anybody that I follow on IG, nobody lives near me. Nobody. And, you know, a lot of people kept on saying, oh, go on you know, Facebook and, you know, join in with a group. So I went on a group, messaged a couple of people. I'm like, hey, this is my car. This is why I drive. Do you have any rides coming up? And I didn't get any, like I got responses, but I didn't, um, I didn't get any traction with going on a ride until weeks later, weeks, maybe even a month later. And then somebody messaged me out of the blue and just like, hey, we're doing a group ride you know, up on, up at Ocala, here's the date, here's the information. Love to see you there if you get there. But that wouldn't have started without the Subianu podcast, just for the, you know, the in the, you know, getting the foot in the door of asking someone else, how do I do this? And then that branching off into, okay, we'll go here, go here, go here. And in turn, it was just building my confidence enough to ask people that I knew nothing about into a world that was so saturated with, um, you know, people who loved what their car could do and, you know, the adventure and the family and people were bringing the kids and all that other stuff. So just as far as um, going back to what you were saying, as far as how it changed my journey with Subaru, um, it just kind of gave me a, a little bit more confidence to, reach out to people and ask questions is yeah. really what that boils down to. Yeah. 
Well, good. I'm glad. I mean, I I get a lot of people that message me and say thank you for doing the podcast and, you know, that they're getting connected with people because of the podcast. So it's like really cool to hear that. And for me, it's been definitely an incredible journey. And I'm thankful for all the people that listen and share and send me messages and stuff. So it's, uh, it's very much appreciated. And I always, you know, I always end up asking people, not on the podcast, but if somebody messages me and says like, hey, I just found the podcast, you know, I've been listening to a bunch of episodes, then I always like to ask them how they found out about it. And a lot of times and most of the time it's they saw it, somebody else posted it in their stories. So it's yep. keep posting in your stories because then more people can see it and hear about it. It's interesting. I, I ended up reading a post or a post or a story or whatever it was. Um and that like, not like, I think it's the algorithm that Instagram has created that so many people no longer see posts. However, if you post, you know, if you do something on a story or real, more people see it, which is screwed up in my mind, but I, yeah. don't, I don't run it. I don't run Instagram, um, which I don't know, a lot of people do a lot with stories. Um, I, I lean more towards still posting though, mainly yeah. because I can, you know, put more, more love and more passion into explaining, Hey, this is, you know, w- you know, this is the mod that I did. This is why I did it. This is, you know, what, you know, the function of it is, this is how it helps or whatever. Um, you know, and then I can also open it up to questions because sometimes when I'll post a story somebody will will respond to it. And then depending on how much later it is, I can't go back and revisit the story that I posted. And honestly, I don't remember what I did. Yeah. So then I'll start a conversation and I'll be like, what what were we talking about? And (laughs) it's just, yeah, I don't know. Maybe my memory is kind of more like a goldfish than I want to admit, but I don't know. I guess, I guess I'm old school and like to post. No, I do too. And are you still getting engagement with your posts though? Um, yes and no. So, I mean, um, I would say yes. I mean, most of, most of my posts um, don't get a lot of traction because despite how many, um, you know, accounts I have following me, you know, so just for example, say I have a thousand people, maybe I'll get a hundred people to like a post. So, you know, that those numbers aren't very good. Yeah. With that being said, the very commonly and most oftenly regardless of what i post i'll get the same people to like the post or you know oh usually a lot of the time it's the same people asking questions being like hey well this is really cool but how did you do this you know i'll get a lot of the same interested people saying hey i have a similar you know problem or i have a you know i have this that my car is doing differently and like how did you get around that and I'll get the interest from a lot of the same people, which builds that relationship. But that, that means the other you know, 90% of the people who follow my account are either not seeing it, not interested, you know, don't like what they see, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I know it's tough with just doing posts and reels taking over, but you know, I guess uh, it's just the way it goes, but I, I still like to post too. I also, I like doing reels because I like to experiment and kind of just see like, okay, how many people are actually going to see this and how many people are going to like it and engage with it. But you know, yeah, all right. I, uh, like I am, I'm not by any means a, a big account, you know, but at the same time I ended up 
um, which I'm just going to say this because it really blew my mind. Um, I ended up making a reel where um, it was after a rain. There was a big puddle in our street and there were two kids. They had to be, I don't know, 10 years old or something. Um, and they were playing in like in the side little, I don't know, it's not a swamp, but like inside the puddle on the side of the road and they're playing in it. And I made a reel where I'm driving by them and splashing them. And I said, because we all were that kid once and that one reel, like I'm still getting likes from it months and months later. And it has, <laughs> yeah. like, it has like 12,000 likes and it has close to like 800,000 views. And like now none of my other content has made any sort of a scratch to that. So when I saw that, I was like blown away. Like after it hit like 500,000 views, I was like, everyone's like What's oh my going gosh on? you're in you're insta famous i was like no i don't understand like i don't get it like, yeah it's weird what's how is this different than any other thing i post <laughs> yeah like, like it was cool and it was very flattering but that was about it well how has owning your cross trek and being part of the subaru community changed your life changed my life um i mean i would i would go back to um, how I answered how I answered a previous question that was very similar, which was um, just kind of not necessarily getting me out of my shell because I'm kind of an, uh, I'm kind of a verbal person. Like I I speak I talk to a lot of people, um, but it gave me just a little bit more confidence to kind of maybe ask questions to people that m- I might not otherwise talk to, um, and in turn that is going to directly impact the rest of my life, you know, because whether it's, you know, Subaru related or anything else, um, you know, talking to other people that have more knowledge and more wisdom than I do is always going to be smarter than, okay, well, let's just wing this and maybe it works and maybe it doesn't. (laughs) Yeah. Was there anything else you wanted to share before we wrap this up? Yeah. Just, just one thing actually. And that is, uh, I know that you, you speak, you speak very highly on the Subaru community, and rightfully so. Um, but I do want to, I do want to point out that maybe not everyone, like I, like a lot of a lot of your guests, talk about how awesome every single person is in the community. Unfortunately, I haven't had the same experience, and I'm not gonna I'm not gonna mention any names, but. I remember when I was very young into the modding scene and, you know, started asking questions and kind of, you know, reaching my hand out and just kind of being like, Hey, can I have some advice type of deal? And I I remember I saw one account that was like, you know, he he lived somewhat near me and he had a really awesome build. And I ended up reaching out to him and he answered my questions, but he was very short in it. Now I understand like you can be misconstrued with, um, through like a text message, but then I ended up seeing him later at last year's Subi Fest, and I went and talked to him. I'm like, man, I love your build. Like, I love to see what you did, and I'd love to talk to you and ask you questions. And he acted like he didn't want to give me the time of day because I wasn't cool enough, or I wasn't, uh, you know, oh, popular enough, or whatever his reason was. And it really. At first, I took it to heart. I was like, "Oh my gosh, what did I say? What did I do wrong?" And then, and then, like I said, uh, when I met Kuhunaru, he came over and talked to me, and him and I were talking about it. 
And he had the same experience. Went and talked to the guy and it was like, look, you have an awesome build. And he just brushed him off and, you know, kind of said like piss off. And I was yeah. like, wow, that really, and that was, that was a big eye opener for me to be like, wow, you know what? It doesn't matter. You know, if you drive something bone stock or super modded, it's all about how you treat people. Oh, yeah. Um, 100%. So, but with that said, every other single person that I've had get been in contact with um, has been great, has been wonderful, has been super helpful and you know friendly and everything. You know, both you know on on social media or you know in the questions on forums or even meeting in person. Like they've all been great. So I just uh, well, I hope yeah. that anybody else who might have an experience like that doesn't hold it against the community. No, and you know, hopefully, one bad apple doesn't you know deter anybody or steer anybody away from getting out and meeting other people or you know getting into the community more. That's yeah, all. Yeah, because it would be unfortunate if the first person that you reached out to was that one person. Because again, there's there's going to be at least, you know, there's going to be someone that's not going to be cool, but it's very, very far and few between, you know, with the, with the community, but there are those people out there. Cause I don't, I haven't come across that personally myself, I don't think, but I do know other people that I've talked to that they, they, they know like this one or two people out of hundreds of people that they've connected with, you know, that is not cool. And then everybody else is yeah. super cool. And so thankfully yep. it's, there's not, a lot of people like that. So, yep, I agree. I just like, like I said, I just don't want anybody to, if they have an experience like that, you know, to get, you know, kind of shot down and disappointed with, oh, okay, well, if you're like this, you know, well, I don't want to bother. I don't want to affiliate myself with you. You know, it's, it's not that way with the whole community, but every once in a while, you got to realize not, not everyone is a grace of God. Yeah. Yep. Well, thank you so much for taking the time on, uh, Sunday evening to record because I know it's later there for you than it is for me. Uh, it is. We're about an hour and a half past my bedtime right now. Oh, but I, uh, <laughs> I, uh, I appreciate you taking the time, you know, to talk to me and you know hear my stories and you know talk about what you and I both love. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's uh, again, it was great to have you on. I know it took a while, but here we are. Here we are. Yep. Well, thank you, Raf, for everything you do. Thank you for. Uh, you know, oh, putting in so much time because, you know, you, in addition to this, you know, you, you have a life, you have a girlfriend, you have a kid, you, you know, you have two kids actually. Yeah. Um, you know, you have a full-time job, you do a lot of traveling, you know, you, you do a lot. So I just want to thank you for, um, you know, being a walking legend, if you will, as well <laughs> as, uh, um, well, thank you be, being, being as cool as you are and, you know, doing as much as you do. Thank you. Yeah, it's uh, it can be a lot and it can be overwhelming at times, but I wouldn't still be doing it if I didn't get joy out of it and didn't enjoy sharing with the community and putting something different out there. So, yeah, for sure. All right, man. We have a good night and I'll talk to you later. Thank you very much, Raf. You have a you have a good night as well, sir. You're welcome. There, everybody. We did it. Episode 99. One more to go. 100. We're almost there. 
it's uh it's been an amazing journey and uh i'm just so thankful for all of everything that has come from doing this podcast also you know what to do if you're not following david already go give him a follow he goes by the ogxv it is the underscore og underscore xv you can find him on instagram thank you so much david for taking the time to be on the podcast and being my 99th guest i hope you all have a wonderful week and have a very happy thanksgiving try not to eat too much food but i know that's kind of difficult we all seem to completely stuff ourselves and then take a nap But isn't that just how it goes? I mean, that's what Thanksgiving is all about. Family, friends, eating a lot of food, and taking a nap. But mostly just enjoying the company. So we will see you on Wednesday for the Subi Scoop. And then, of course, next Monday for episode 100. Talk to you later, everybody.